Shabbat Shalom, everybody. This week is the second section in Bamidbar, in the wilderness, name of the book, fourth book of Moses, in which we have something so interesting that if you don't fall asleep at the reading, I don't even understand why you showed up in the first place. Harsh words, possibly. But I think it's true. But you've come here this morning to listen to the service of the Levites and what their purpose and what they did at the temple. But it wasn't the temple. It's the tabernacle that disappeared for out of existence thousands of years ago. And yet we come here now to listen to this historical fact which seems to be so meaningless, so useless. And yet we've been doing it for 3,400 years. Amazing. Amazing without somebody asking, what's this all about? doesn't exist. And uh, also you'll find that uh, it gives you, in fact, maybe this might be of some value, and that is, gives you the periods of age in which these Levites can, can work in the service of the temple or tabernacle. And it says, from the age of 30, until the age of 50. And maybe this is where we've got a 20-year system out of this section here, which I'm being a little uh, sarcastic because I don't think the idea of 20 years of work then should bring about a retirement. But that's what we have here, too. And maybe it teaches us that after age 50, the Levite isn't worth anything. I mean, oh, why can't he just continue to work? There's so many people who reach the age of 65 and decide that, uh, that when you retire, you know, it's like one step closer to the grave. That's the expression. I mean, like, life is over. Now it's just, golf every morning. And then, of course, you have uh, those who would like to retire at age 65, which in my, my opinion means, okay, so it's one, one step closer to the grave because, I, I mean, you're recognizing that you don't want to work no more. Well, what do you want to do with your life? Well, I want to live out my years. This fellow wants to live out his years or she wants to live out her years. You know, without the pressure of daily activities. What, are you kidding me? You know the pressures that you're assuming 
embarking upon to take maybe a little ill health. After all, age <coughs> is it the most wonderful period in, in, in the time or in the age of a person. When you're 60, 70, 80, 90, and if all you have on your mind now is to stay away from the pressures, it's back the time when pressures begin to build up. <coughs> so obviously, it can't be referring to times of of fruitful activities. But as the Zohar says, it provides us with dimensions of consciousness. Is there a difference between age 20 and age 30? Yeah, there is. Yeah, but we may not notice it. And first of all, how can we say that there's a difference between age 29 and 364 days and age 30 and 3 days. I mean, can it be that precise? I mean, is there really a difference? Or do we consider that as being somewhat of a, of a yardstick in determining that now the person is, is 31 and one day he's now qualified, but if he was 29 and 363 days, no. That would disqualify him from the service of God. The reason I mention these and this approach that I like is we've stopped questioning. So many things that go on in our daily lives, we just accept them. Take them for granted. That's the way it's supposed to be. But Kabbalah and through this reading on this Shabbat, it sounds so, so irrelevant. Because nobody's going to be guided by these 20 years from age 30 to age 50 as the, work, as the most fruitful years. But they may be the most fruitful. Although... Moses lived 120 years, and his life didn't begin only until age 80. So could that be the lesson? And the answer is no. Now, then what does, what does Torah want to teach us? What did God, when he presented us with the scroll, hope in this End game of removing chaos. How would this, how would this alleviate some of our pain and suffering? And one other important feature in this week's section is that the twelve chieftains of the tribes brought sacrifices. Oh, this one, this one we couldn't, we couldn't do without. I mean, something that doesn't exist. You don't even have 12 tribes. They say we have two tribes and 10 of the 10 lost tribes. Well, why have you come here? 
Uh, go home. Enjoy yourself. Besides the fact that this is a long reading. It's longer than usual. In fact, I've got bad news for you. <coughs> You're going to be stuck. I don't want to say synagogue because it's not a synagogue. As you all know, I refer to this place as a war room. And in fact, the sacrifices that they bring are not sacrifices to appease God, but it's our warfare machine. Against whom? Against Satan. You remember? We're in Bamidbar. We're in his territory. We've come to invade his territory, his GHQ. For all the logistics, all the planning go into how we can make man's life a little more miserable. And so they bring sacrifices. Okay, you're all now a Kabbalist. You all know that it's referring to a methodology by which we can wage the kind of real warfare against chaos, against instability. But they brought this each day for 12 days. But if you are a Kabbalist, as I am assuming most of you, if not all of you by now, are, then you know the moment you hear 12 mentioned in scriptures, you know we're talking about what? 12 signs of the Zodiac. You know that there is so little that we consider in the control of our destiny. There's so much that we just accept as something that must be without ever questioning. Maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe there is something I can do about it. And so, in brief, 12, the 12 chieftains of the tribes who brought these sacrifices, these, these, these or this was the methodology, the technology by which we can influence each and every single Cosmos, referring to each and every single month of the year, by which I can demonstrate at least some form of control. And that's why I'm here on Shabbat. Because this is what it's all about. Again, to instill within me the light force of God with the material, with the technology, with the information, by which I could wage war every single month with the ultimate objective to remove pain and suffering. And so each mention of each month, which will be announced and should be announced in every war room around the entire world of the centers of Kabbalah, so as to prepare the groundwork that when we come to this particular month in time, this particular cosmic form of energy, 
that will be infusing, that will be influencing the cosmos that I can be prepared in advance. A crash course on how to remove chaos from my life. And so we have this opportunity to keep the GHQ of Satan at bay, to keep him away from my life, to keep it away from influencing my activities that ultimately could, because Shalom, wind up in a disaster, a tragedy. And so this seemingly unimportant event of 12 chieftains bringing their, 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 their sacrifices that don't exist even today, but it does exist. The warfare, the methodology, the effect of reducing the influence, of limiting the scope of that GHQ of Satan, the cause and cause of causes of all chaos in this world to instill this equipment, whether I make use of it in the months ahead or not, whether I'm consciousness, whether I have the consciousness to apply it or not, there's no question I don't want to leave you with the idea that without consciousness it will be as effective as if I had the consciousness when I come to Gemini, I say to myself, oh, I remember. I'm going to apply now all of that material, all of that weaponry now to take pursuit after and destroy or remove Satan during this month of Gemini. Incredible tools that are there all year. Day in and day out. If only we made use constantly. Because it is a constant war that goes on in our lives. And if you think retirement takes care of it, oh, how greatly mistaken we might be. And so now we return these dimensions of 30 years, 50 years, the Levites. The Levites. Who are the Levites? Why do I need any sort of mention for my life today? Well, the tabernacle doesn't exist. The Levites don't exist except when there's a reading of Torah, you call up the Levites. So that five minutes of important significance is what we need so much ink about. And I'm even paying attention to the fact that the second person to be called to the Torah will be a Levite. How many of us pay? How many of us even hear the reader calling to the Torah? The Levite. 
so insignificant. It's all become insignificant because we either have lost or we never knew the significance of a Levite. It represents Givura, left column, left column. And if you want to know when you expect, when you can expect the most chaos in your life, the most accumulation of chaos in your life, between the ages of 30 and 50, Oh, maybe that's incorrect. Oh, I know this person has endured more toward the end of his days, at age 70, 80, 90. My friends, we are referring to consciousness between age 30 and 50. For no one, no one, outside of ourselves, brings chaos upon ourselves. We are the perpetrators. We are the determinators of our own destiny. We either bring chaos into our lives or, hopefully, the full beneficence, all of the benefits that were originally intended by the Creator to be furnished to all of mankind to receive the benefits of a fruitful life full of tranquility, full of contentment, devoid of the chaos, the pain and the suffering that we endure. During these 20 years, our desires are of such consequence that with the knowledge and with the reading today, as we read it, that whether we have it, we have we are coming to age thirty or whether we're past age fifty, it's still significant. But it's more significant for those between the ages of thirty and fifty because that is the most appropriate time for GHQ of Satan to bring more of the chaos into your life, which may manifest itself at age 90. And because there is no time, space, and motion, and maybe this I'm going ahead of you, and maybe this is where I'm going to lose you for a moment, there is no time, space, and motion. How old am I? I just passed the threshold of age Twenty and one day. Oh no, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Age thirty and one day. That's what I am now. You ask scientists. Theoretically, that is a possibility because we can travel back and forth, and so we can become thirty now. And so now I'm barking. As of now, having this knowledge, I'm now thirty and one day. I need this infusion. of the light force of God, which comes by virtue of listening, the reading of the scroll on Shabbat. And for those diehards like myself, I wouldn't miss it Mondays and Thursdays either because I don't want more than three days to go by without the reading of Torah. But that's me. 
And I'm not in any way suggesting that now we change our whole lifestyle and now make sure I can hear the reading on Mondays and Thursdays. Oh, there are many that have been converted, but they can't see themselves coming to the synagogue, so they please call in. And so on any particular Monday morning or a Thursday morning, you see about 10, 20 phones, cell phones here. They're all calling. Now all the friends are calling because they don't want to miss the Torah reading. It's, it's what it's all about. Tapping into every available opportunity so that the light force becomes expanded within me. And by that, and by virtue of that fact, remove a lot of the darkness that unfortunately engulfs our lives. Shabbat Shalom.